wants me to say. And I think I'll get out of the way and let Jesus continue to have his way. Is that all right? I know that rhymes. I, I didn't practice that. It just came together. Maybe it's the Holy Ghost, I guess. I'm going to read you a scripture. But before I do, I want you to know, everybody who is in this place, it has been ordained by God for you to be here today. Everybody. Every single kid, every single elder, and everybody in between, it is ordained of God that we be in the house of God today. Let me tell you why. Because I was studying on Abraham. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I was preparing for Abram. And in the last few days, I kept singing about the cross. I was humming about the cross. I was, I was trying to sing some of these old hymns, and I, I don't got a voice. And I don't know all the lyrics of the, uh, of the songs, of the hymns, but God put these hymns in my spirit. And last night, I was singing at the cross. And the Lord began to speak to me. I told my wife before I went to bed, I said, I don't know what God is doing. Anybody ever feel that way? But God is doing something today. Throughout the night, I told my wife, I have a feeling that God's going to give me another message for today. And so God this morning gave me another message for today. And I can't help to feel that it's for somebody in this place. Now that somebody doesn't have to be one person. It's not just one person. But I believe that the message is for somebody sitting up in this place today. I'm going to talk about the old rugged cross. Is that all right? I know we're in church. Can I talk about the cross while we're in church? The Bible says in the book of John. Oh, you don't got to get quiet on me, please. Please don't get quiet on me. In John chapter 19, verse 17, it says, And he, bearing his cross, went out to a place called the place of a skull, which is called in Hebrew Golgotha. The Greeks call it Calvary. In verse 18, where they crucified him and two others with him, on one on either side and Jesus being in the center. Verse 19, now Pilate wrote a title and put it above or the top of the cross. And the writing was, Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. In verse 20, now many of the Jews read this. For the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city. In other words, it bothered them. They can see it from afar. This title that Jesus was given. And it says that it was written in the Hebrew so the Jews can read it. It was written in the Greek so the Greeks can read it. And it was written in the Latin so the, Rome, the Roman Empire can read it. And the Bible says in verse 21, Therefore, the chief priests of the Jews said to Pilate, Do not write the king of the Jews. But he said, I am the king of the Jews, speaking of Christ. And Pilate answered and said to those men that rose up, What I have written, I have written. I want to preach to you today about the old rugged cross. 
for just a few minutes. You know what? Before we get started, can we just give him a hand clap of praise once again? He deserves it. He deserves it. He deserves it. You know what I feel in the Holy Ghost? I know we had a busy day yesterday. I know you took out the garbage this week. I know you washed the dishes, vacuumed the house. I know you worked on your car. But I, I just feel that he deserves a standing ovation. So if you're able, if you're able to stand, why don't we just worship the King of Kings? Oh, and the Lord of Lords. Why don't we give him the praise that he deserves? Hallelujah. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah, God. I think this is fascinating to me. It's fascinating to me that typically you see a king rise up to his kingship. You may be seated. Rise up to his kingship and then uh, meet his doom and gloom. Or find his cross, which is referring to death. Typically, that's the way we live our life. Is we will... Be born, do some things in the middle, and we'll find the place and time where God says that's enough time on this earth, right? And it's amazing and fascinating that God does the opposite. It is not God uh, coming into this kingship and then dying, but it is God finding his kingship on the deathbed. It is God finding the kingship on the cross. It was the death of Jesus that led him, as the Bible says, to the throne of God. It is the deathbed, the cross, that led Jesus to his kingship. Jesus seems to do the opposite all the time. I think it's fascinating. The Bible tells us that this Jesus came by way of the cross and his, his life that it was given was for you and I. Peter, 1 Peter 2, 24. He himself bore, he bore, like the song that, that was just sung, he, he bore our sins in his body on a tree or a cross that we may cease from sinning and live for righteousness. By his wounds we were healed. Praise God for that. By his wounds, you don't have to carry around your sickness, but by his wounds you are healed. Uh, this, ain't, this ain't the topic of my message, but I feel to stop here for a little bit longer and tell somebody, I'll say it again. By, by, by his stripes, you are healed. Get that into your mind. Get that into your heart. Get that into your faith. By his stripes, you are healed. In other words, it's not my words or your words, but it's his words. And his words never come void. Never. Never, never, <laughs> by his wounds or stripes you were healed. For you were going astray like sheep. Thank God. But now you have turned back. I have turned back to the shepherd and the guardian of my soul. I told you earlier, and I'll say it again. I was humming this song at the cross at the cross where I first saw the light. 
and the burden of my heart, it rolled away. It was there by faith that I received my sight. And now, my God, by, by now, my God, I'm happy all the day. Oh, there's something about the cross that gives us joy. There's something about the cross that lifts us up. Oh, because if it wasn't for the cross, where would I be? Where would I be? Hallelujah. I'm telling you, we're going to talk about Jesus. And I'm warning you, if you're not prepared for Jesus, he's going to come up in this room. We're going to brag about him. The more you brag about Jesus, he shows up. And I'm warning you, he's going to show up. Be ready for an encounter deeper than you ever had with Jesus. Allow me for a few minutes to, to lead you to the cross. In the book of Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, it talks about the seed of the woman that will crush the head of the serpent. See, this was a promise unto man, a redeeming promise, that God will do something in due time. And he will send a redeemer. Oh, after Adam and Eve disobeyed and committed sin in the garden, God knew he had to intervene in our situation. And so he promised a redeemer. And we see this throughout the scripture. We see this redeemer being talked about. We see Isaiah 9 or 9, 6 says, For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. Let me skip on a few thousand years and, and point you to John chapter 3, verse 16. It's says for God so loved the world that he gave he gave the very son that he promised and, and and gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life Matthew in the gospel it talks about how Jesus was born in a major in chapter 1 verse 22 and she shall bring forth a son the angel was speaking to Joseph and 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 thou shalt call his name Jesus and for he shall save his people from their sins in 1 John 2 2 and he himself is the propitiation or the substitution for the reconciliation for our sins for my sins for your sins but not only for our sins but the bible in john first john 2 2 says for the sins of the world i tell you who can do that who can do that who has the power to do that i tell you who has the power to do that god almighty and only god almighty hallelujah hallelujah and we see throughout scripture that Jesus, he was born to die. He was born, he was, he was born to someday die. And I think of the old rugged cross song. On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. And I have loved that old cross with the dearest and the best for the world of lost sinners were slain. So I cherish. You want to sing it? So I cherish the old rugged cross. I cherish it. I, I love the old rugged cross. The old rugged cross. But it's really not about the cross. As a matter of fact, let me preach to you something different today. 
Let me preach to you about the man who hung on the cross. See, the cross is just something that was used, something that we reference for something that, that happened in such a powerful way. It was the cross that held up the king of the Jews. Now, we may say the, the old work of the cross is maybe to, to none effect. It's all played out. It's all washed out. But I want to tell you that this cross that may be old than you and I, older than you and I, it still has a powerful effect in this very day and this very hour. The cross still works. And the blood on the cross still works. And the man that hung on the cross, oh, he's still at work. He's working in me, and he's working in you, and he's working in this place today. Oh, why don't we give him love today? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. If you don't know him by name, his name is Jesus. Jesus hung on the cross. Jesus shed his blood on the cross. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah. It is this cross that gives us a true lesson of love. John shows us in 15 and 13, it says, Greater love has no one than this, that one laid down his life for his friends. Jesus taught us about love by freely dying on the cross for my sins and for your sins. The book of Philippians 2, 6-8 says, Who being in the form of God, did not consider it a robbery to be equal with God. I can, that says a lot. In verse 7, But made himself at no reputation, taking on the, the, the form of a bondservant. I mean, how low can you go? Watch this. And coming in the likeness of men. That's low. Watch this. And verse 8, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death on the cross. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. I've got to stop here and explain some things to you. When the Bible says he endured the cross, see, Jesus was given the opportunity to drink, right? And sometimes it would give Jesus some vinegar. Sometimes uh, that element of, of that drink would numb the pain. But watch this. Jesus pushed that away so that he can experience every element of torture and pain on that cross watch this just for you and for me the bible says he in, he endured the cross 
despising the shame. The cross was a shameful thing leading up to this place in history. And as, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. It was the cross that set up the kingship for Jesus. <laughs> Watch this. His life wasn't taken, as John says, but he gave his life. The Bible says, John says, that he laid down his life. So in other words, Jesus himself surrendered his life for you and I. Jesus himself, he allowed himself to be the sacrifice. But the Bible says, slain for the foundations of the world. Perfect, unspotted sacrifice. So I asked a question today. Really, what did the cross represent? Because we can talk about the tomb. We can talk about the upper room. But why are we talking about the cross? I thank you for asking that question. Now let me answer. It is the cross that represents humility and sacrifice. You see, others saw it and viewed it as, as shame. Many saw it as defeat. But God saw the cross as victory. Let me explain. It's a symbol as the dove had become a symbol of the peace into the Christian community and elsewhere. The lamb symbolizes Jesus as a spotless sacrifice. The fish symbolized the, the miracles of Christ and the, the nourishment of the soul of those who are in Christ. The symbol represents themes and, and people and even events. The cross to the outside world may be viewed as defeat, but it depends on your viewpoint. It depends on your perspective. Are you denying it or have you applied it? Watch this. Your view depends on if you received it. Yet. 1 Corinthians 1.18 says, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. That's viewpoint. That's perspective. It's foolishness. Watch this. But unto us that are saved, unto us that are saved, it is the power of God. Hallelujah, God. When Jesus is on the cross, the Bible shares with us that he began to crush the head of the serpent according to Genesis 3.15. Jesus says it was finished. The enemy was being defeated. The Bible says that if they had known, they would not have crucified him. Watch this. It is the cross that holds the gospel story together. The death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Watch this. But... You cannot have an outpouring in the upper room if you don't have the cross. You cannot have, not the, you cannot have the ascension uh, if you don't have the cross. You cannot have obtained the tomb if you do not have the cross. The cross must come first. 
came to sacrifice. But not just a, not just a nation per year as the atonement but thank the Lord that he became a sacrifice forevermore to whosoever will hallelujah hallelujah the cross had to come first it had to come first if I can bring it all together on what the cross represented, I would say that the cross meant surrendering. It is in surrendering that Jesus brought us victory. Surrendering. Not in the eyes of the world, but, but in the eyes of God. You see, you can enjoy the benefits of the tomb and the upper room if you do not move yourself to the cross. You cannot obtain the benefits of all that God has given us if you cannot surrender all. There are three major surrenderings in the Bible. And the first one is when God surrendered himself in flesh. And became man. I said it earlier. How low can you go? Jesus went as low as it was needed to reach you and I. That was the first major surrendering in the Bible. When God became flesh. The second surrendering in this Bible. Is when God in flesh went to the cross. The third major surrendering in this Bible. Is when Jesus says to the people, You got to pick up your own cross and follow after me. I, I know that's hard, right? The cross represents death, but you don't have to be afraid of death because in this death, the Bible says you receive life. See, this death is a good death to die. And Jesus says, You must. Pick up your cross and follow after me daily. That's a denial of yourself. That's dying to your own ambitions. That's, that's dying to your own agenda. That's, that's crucifying the flesh. That's dying to yourself. Watch this. That's surrendering all daily. It's not a bad place to be because surrendering brings victory. Watch this. We see in our history that when people bring the white flag up, that is defeat. But the white flag in God's eyes doesn't mean defeat. It means I'm about to do something in their life. I'm about to take their life where it should have been. I, I have a feeling that I'm in a room with people that have surrendered all. And if, if, you, if you just look back, if you just reminisce a little bit, look back at where you came from and look at where you're at today. Oh, I bet you will see the goodness of God. I bet you will see the hand of God. I bet you will see the favor of God. Just look back at where you used to be and then add God to the, to, to the scenario and see where God has taken you. All because you have surrendered. 
Your surrendering to God has brought great victory in your life, overflowing to your family, overflowing to your kids. Sister Olivia, can you come up here real quick? I'm going to make everybody uncomfortable. I didn't tell you about this. In a few minutes, can you share with us how you surrendered and how God moved on your life? Praise the Lord, everybody. Um, so... As a lot of you know, but a lot of you don't, um, I used to be very involved in witchcraft before I came to the church. And um, when I first started coming to God, it was 2016, just got the Holy Ghost a month before hyphen camp. Didn't even know I was going to go to hyphen camp until the night before. Didn't have any clothes to wear to hyphen camp. But at that camp, God absolutely changed my life. He showed me that I was worth fighting for, that witchcraft did not have to continue to be my crutch, that I could trust him with my ballotals, that I could trust him with whatever I needed and whoever he needed to be for me in the moment. And for me, surrendering just looked like trusting him to fight for me and trusting that he was big enough. You know, I didn't have to continue to take things into my own hands anymore because, hey, I had somebody to fight for me that never lost a battle. You know, I had somebody to fight for me that never didn't have an answer. That good? <laughs> Thank you, Sister Oliver. I, I, I want to show you what God can do if you surrender to God, surrender your life to God. God took Sister Olivia from witchcraft. It is surrendering that Sister Olivia did. It's the, she surrendered and now she walks in the victory of God. She walks in that victory. See, I want to tell somebody, we don't know the details of the time that she was involved in witchcraft. But my God, God can do anything. God can change and transform a person's life if they're willing to surrender. There's no telling what God can do. Watch this. If we do our part, God will do his part. God is faithful to us. God. Sister Vera, are you in the house today? I can't see. Sister Vera, Sister, can you come up here real quick, Sister Vera? I, I, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll go to you. Tell us about your testimony, Sister Vera. Well, <laughs> praise God. I'm going to make it really short because I want, want you to get back in this. Um. Well, I was an average woman that sinned just like people do that don't know the Lord. Uh, you name it, I probably did it. So I'm not going to go into all of that. Well, uh, uh, a friend of a friend, my friend's daughter was getting married. She had moved to California. We used to work together years ago in the steel mill. She moved to California, daughter getting married here in Chicago. So she came back, brought a friend with her, a religious friend that called herself a prophet, and she still does. I spoke to her the other day. So she come in my house, and she looked at me, and she said, uh, God told me to tell you that he loves you. And I'm like, he told you to tell me that? 
because I felt like, uh, you know, God's way up there somewhere, and I'm down here. He does what he does. I do what I do. I believed in God, but I wasn't religious or spiritual. So when she told me that God loved me, that touched my heart, because I didn't even know he thought about me. So she, she said, uh, he wants you to draw close to him. I said, how do I do that? She said, well, you got a Bible? So I went in my room, pulled out the Bible, full of dust. So I was back in the bedroom dusting it as I came down the hallway. She's in the kitchen. So when I get in the kitchen, she say, I saw you dusting the dust off the Bible. And I'm like, how did you see that? So then I said, well, yes, yeah, she, she, she must be a godly woman to know that I was dusting the dust off. And she couldn't see me. So uh, she said, start reading your Bible. Gave me a couple of scriptures and Psalms. So I started reading it, just that simple. And I had been reading it for about a month. Got very boring. I quit reading it. And she talked to me. I'm just telling you all the truth. It did. If you don't understand God and don't know God, his word doesn't mean much to you. It doesn't say anything. But so uh, she was talking to me one day. She would call me every other day to check on me. She said, and I cursed. You know, we do that when we're not saved. She said, girl, you cursing? You had quit cursing because I, I was changing, but I kind of slipped back. I said, yeah, the Bible is boring. She said, girl, start back to read. So I did. Out of sheer obedience, I didn't get nothing out of it. I was just reading it, reading it. Finally, I saw how good the, the word started penetrating. And I said, oh, this is good. I should start, and I, I'm sure it was God. It wasn't me. Start at the beginning. Read it like you do any book. So I started at the beginning, and I had made it around to where Moses told God he wanted to see him. So I was... Then a, a, another prompting came to me, read the book of Revelation. And I'm like, huh? So I told a girlfriend in California, what's with the book of Revelation? She said, well, girl, a lot of people are scared to read it because it talks about the end time. I said, well, I need to read it. I need to know what's up, what, what's going to happen. Oh, Lord, when I read that book of Revelation, y'all, <laughs> it was one Friday. And I read where... If we don't get saved and all that about hell and all that about the going to hell. So I, I remember saying, first, first time I heard God speak, y'all, I said, I can't go to hell. I was reading a book and crying, and I said it out loud. I can't go to hell. I tell you, I heard God say, you're going to go if you don't get saved. Oh, you talking about real crying. Then I cried a river. And then some girl calls me, hey, Vera, let's go to the casino. I'm like, ah, I'm busy. I'm reading. I I'm, I'm a party woman. I, I don't turn down parties, lounge, bars, <laughs> none of it. But I did not want to go. She said, come on, just go with me to this Mary Kay party. It was in Joliet. Then we're going to go to the riverboat. I said, okay, let's do it. So we went to the Mary Kay party. I started confessing to these people at that party. I said, y'all, I'm going to get saved. And they were like, I don't blame you, girl. But not, none of them were saved. Oh, girl, I don't blame you. I would, too. Anyway, it got late. 
we've missed the riverboat. I'm, I'm so glad. I'm great. Let's go home. So she, instead of going home, she stops at the local lounge, the bar, and went up in there. And I'm like, I don't want to go. So I get up in, there in the front of this bartender that usually gives you this much of a shot. Oh, he filled the glass up that night. I tell y'all, he did. It was the enemy working through the bartender. Get a drunk. So I sat there and drank all that and drunk another one that high. I felt a little buzz, but not drunk, not high. So now, finally make it home. She left me, by the way. Get me in the lounge, take off. Leave me with an old ex-boyfriend that, come on, let's go in here. We, we sold real estate. Let's stop in here. I got to get a foul. I'm thinking he's serious. I said, okay, then you're going to take me home. So we go in the office in there, in the real estate company. And uh, we in there, and I'm standing there. And anyway, there he is. Come on, let's go in this box. I said, no. I smile, and I told you I'm going to get saved. Yeah, you're right. I said, and you married. It, it, it used to didn't matter, but everything started changing that night. I said, and you married. He said, oh, well, take me home, Marlon, right now. So he takes me home, and by the time I got in my house, I sat on my bed. This is how it happened. I sat there on my bed. I remember having my legs crossed, sitting in that Indian position. I used to like to sit like that. So I say, God, I've been sinning. I haven't been living right. It's like I got a revelation that I had been sinning. Up until then, I did not know it. So uh, I said, Lord, I've been sinning. Would you please forgive me and come into my life and save me? As soon as that word save me went out, the whole room lit up. Seriously, y'all. And it's like I heard a train, like, and it lit up. It was nothing but the spirit of the Lord come up in that room. And I leaped. I jumped off my bed. And I walked all night long. I walked, cried, and talked to God. And I said, God, I don't want to go back there. I knew enough to know wherever he brought me from. I didn't want any more parts of it. I said, don't ever let me go back. And I know Abraham had talked to God and seen him. So now I'm applying the word that I learned. That's why it's good to know the word. I say, God, you talked to Abraham. You let him see you. And you made a covenant. You made a covenant with Abraham. I want a covenant with you. I promise you, if you don't leave me, I won't leave you. Now, you're talking about a woman that had been drinking, but I was sober very quickly that night. And I said, if you don't leave me, I won't leave you. So then... Uh, I said, Lord, you let Moses see you. I want to see you. So, okay, a few days later, all of a sudden, I'm uh, lost. All I did was cry, read the Bible, pray, and tell people what happened to me. So, I said, God, I wanted to see you. All right, then. Then I'm going to end this. Now, all of a sudden, one night, I was sleeping. I see this bright light going down my hallway under the door. And I said, God, what is that light on, at my door? Is that my son with a candle? Because we fish at night and we had them lanterns that show up at night. That's all I could think of. And he said, no, that's, those are the, that's the angel of the Lord 
watching over you. So I said, okay, you got an angel watching over me. All right, next time I was asleep again, he woke me up. The whole window in my bedroom was lit up like an amber flame. And that light stretched from one end of the wall to the other. And I said, God, what is that bright light? And he said, this, this time he said different. He said, this is the spirit of the Lord here watching over you. And I, all I did, y'all, was just cry, 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 cry. And, and all of the rest is history. Now, I hadn't spoken in tongues yet. I'm going to tell this really quickly. So I felt like I got everything I need. And I remember Sister Cox saying, have you received the Holy Ghost? I said, yeah. My whole life didn't change. She said, oh, you spoke in tongues? I felt a tad bit offended, y'all. I'm like, why? I don't, I don't have to speak in tongues. She said, you'll know it when you get it. And she patted my shoulder. <laughs> and I, I went home. I always go to God and tell him about anything I don't understand, and I still do it this day. I said, Lord, why did she tell me I didn't have the Holy Ghost? So I said, okay, what is these tongues? So I had been kind of fighting the tongues, I guess, and didn't know it. So I'm sitting on my toilet, not using it, y'all, just sitting there talking to God. I said I was just sitting there. I wasn't really using it. So I was sitting there on the toilet talking to God. And uh, you know when you're on your toilet, you, that's the whole humble state. So we... <laughs> We got to humble ourselves, that's all I'm saying, and, get, and surrender and give it to God. So I say, Lord, what about the tongues? I say, now, am I saved? If you want me to speak in tongues, God, then so be it, and give me an understanding. And out come the tongues, sitting right there. So now, the, the, rest, the rest is history. Thank you, Lord. Why don't we give God a praise for that testimony? Come on, why don't we give God a praise for what, what he is still doing in our midst? We all got a testimony of how we surrendered to God and God took it from there. Hallelujah. I tell you, I, I'm finished preaching. And God put them on my heart today, and I asked them if they, would, if they would testify. Because I knew their testimonies. I knew Sister Vera and the rest of them. I, you know, if, if you all don't know Sister Vera and Sister Olivia, they are women of God. Women of God. Trustworthy, loyal women of God. Sister Olivia writes a post, a blog. She's writing a book. She does some awesome work. God is using these people. And not just them, but God is using you and I. And I, I, I look back at my life, Sister Vivian, and I just thank God that I had the courage and I had the boldness to, to step away from the things that were holding me down. The friends, the encounters, the past, the history, the hang-ups. I'm so glad that God gave me the courage one day to step out and step in. I am so glad. The best thing I did, the best thing I did was surrender my life to God. And it was when I surrendered my life to God that I began to walk in the victory of Almighty God. And I'm still walking in victory. And let me tell you something. Victory is not a feeling. 
You may not feel victorious, but the Bible says that you are victorious. The price has already been paid. God has paid the price on a cross called Calvary, on a tree that we call the cross. That victory is for you to obtain today. That victory is for me to continue to walk in. And I, I, I want to give an altar call. I want to give an altar call. If you want victory in your life, if you really want victory in your life. See, I came to church today with a tap, and God was telling me, I'm going to give people victory tonight. And I saw it in the worship. I told Sister Vivian, this is God. This is what God's doing. Maybe I don't need to say a word. Please, God, don't let me say a word. Just move amongst us. Do your thing. You do it better than I can. And so I, I'm going to give an altar call tonight for people that want to walk in victory. How general can that be? See, God don't care what you're facing. God don't care what you're going through in the sense where he can't meet, he, he can't meet the need. In the sense where it's too impossible for God to fix. God will take your situation. God will take your mess and bless it. God will make you into something you never thought you would be if you just surrender your life to God. Today is the beginning of something beautiful. Today is the beginning of your ministry. Today is the beginning that you will walk in the power and the authority of the Holy Ghost. Every hand raised. Everyone standing if you're able to today. Oh, if you got the Holy Ghost, let the Holy Ghost flow out of you right now. Hallelujah, God. Have your way in us, God. God, have your liberty, God, in our hearts and our minds today, God. God, we want to live in victory, God. God, we're tired of the struggle, God. God, we're tired of, of being uh, uh, distracted, God. We're tired, God, of how we're living, God. God, we want ultimate victory, God. Victory that your word speaks about, God. God, we want to walk in the victory, God. In the name of Jesus, God. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, God. Oh, hallelujah, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, yolamoro de hilamata. Oh, yolamoro de hilamada de hilomoto. Whoever you may be, I invite you at this very moment to the foot of the cross. To the foot of the cross. Will you surrender your life to God? <laughs>